Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Sewing Out Loud. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And I'm ZD Donahue. And today is our one of our first official um, episodes in a series we're going to call Socabulary. That's right. Uh, so these are some kind of like drafting and pattern making pattern pattern making terms right right that, right. that a few a few of them have come up it's not all of them are totally pattern making but they they've come up and people don't seem to people people are using them in different senses and we're trying sure. to sort of narrow it down to what well, it really is and i mean you know there could be somebody out there who's using it a way different way right. uh, that maybe they think is uh, correct, but the, these are the ways uh, in w- that we think are correct uh, to use these terms. And so that's how we use them in our group. That's how we uh, use them when we are teaching or uh, sewing ourselves. So, and one reason this topic came up is Mallory and I did not seem to agree on all of them. Yeah, I screwed up. I, I'll talk about which one I didn't know about. Okay. Okay. Uh, what's the first one you want to talk about? Well, Mom? I don't know. Why don't we talk about the croquis? Croquis. And how do you spell it so everybody knows? C-R-O-Q-U-I-S. Oh, my gosh. I have it spelled right. Don't, I love it. Yeah. Um, so a croquis is a like a fashion drawing figure. Right. Okay? Just the figure. Just the figure. And you'll you can find sketchbooks that are full of these blank figures. I think um, you can download croquis on the internet. So from many. The internet, yeah. Uh, so you, then you take So it's an these, outline of your body, sort of. Well, a body. A body. Well, when I say, the reason I like a croquis is, if you can make it like the body you're sewing for, it can help you in your design Right, detail. but you can't. It's, right. it's kind of hard to find those. There are it sketchbooks is. out there. There There's a curvy sketchbook. Um, there's the Gertie's uh, sketchbook that I uh, we've tried out. And they try to make them, well, the your ones. Bo- your body type. No, no well, what? the ones that you find on the Internet are all going to be those really elongated. Right. Uh, They're going to look like the front of the drawings on the mass-produced patterns. Right, and they're... Uh, Long, ten lanky, he- model-y bodies. They're ten heads high. Right. They, they're they very exaggerated uh, and, and slim, and that's kind of like classic fashion illustration. And then, in these curvy sketchbooks, or in that Gertie sketchbook, they try to have all these different lines 
blended so that if you're small on top and bigger on bottom, you can... Short legs, long torso, brief torso, long legs, whatever. Still kind of hard to use those templates and really make them like you. Um, I'm working on something for the wardrobe planner where you can do a croquis of yourself, and it's going to be called Croquis Me. (laughs) Um, So So basically a croquis is, you know, this shadow of a body or a line drawing of a body, and then what you do is you draw the garments onto it that you're trying to design. Exactly. Okay. So So it's it's part of fashion illustration. That's that's the first term. And I I say it croquis, not croquis. Oh. But you've had more French than me. I believe that the accent is on the second. Croquis. Croquis. Is on the second. Okay. Croquis. uh, Syllable. What is our next vocabulary term? The next term that I wanted to attack was sloper. Yeah, and this is the one that I was... Is this what you were confused about? Getting confused about this and... A muslin. A muslin, but Mm -hmm. let's just define sloper first so that I don't confuse people with my confusion. So a sloper is a draft using... Someone's specific body measurements, mine or yours or someone you have taken, right? Yeah. And it's a draft of a pattern. So it could be the dress pattern. It could be a you know top pattern. It could be a pants pattern. But it is a sloper, and it's not bent. It's not meant to be sewn from. Okay, because that sloper has no seam allowances. And it may not even have, you know, it should have the darts put in it. You should have yeah. started putting the darts uh-huh. in it and giving it shape. Yes. But it it has no seam allowances. It has no, um, you know. Design pre- elements. Design elements. Yeah. It's the, you know, if it's, if it's a dress, it's just an you know, it's just this plain dress. It's there's not a placket for a well. Placket, let me. You know, this whatever. is where I think. Okay, the right. sloper, the actual thing that you would pick up in your hand and call mm-hmm. a sloper, it's made of paper or cardboard. It's ma- yes, okay? it's made of maybe is, pattern paper. Yes, yes. So this is where yes, your sloper is not fabric. It's not an actual garment. Well, it's a draft. Yes, it's like blueprints. Yes, that you can use then. So if you have your dress sloper, correct. You can use that dress sloper then to draft a dress pattern for yourself. That's right. If you have a shirt, you could have a t-shirt sloper. That's right. You could have a pants sloper. Right. You have a bathing suit. You have a bra sloper. Right. Okay. So those are all these bare bones pattern pieces. That's right. That you can use. And this fits your body however you wish it to fit. Right. You know. You can have ease, not ease, whatever. It can be a sloper that's meant for knit fabrics or woven fabrics. Okay. But then you use that in order to make some kind of pattern. Right. From that, you extrapolate a pattern that you will sew. You A pattern that you will add some sort of detail to, including your seam allowances, um, you know, Whatever. Collars. Collars. Pleats. Different neckline. Different seam allowances. Different. different seam allowances. Different seams. Yep. You know, you, you, may, you may take out your darts and put in princess seams. Uh, all, all this stuff. Okay. And actually, I just, I follow somebody on Instagram, and she runs a little blog. Uh, it's, uh, her Instagram handle is over on King's Drive. 
Mm-hmm. And she's in London, and she just posted a picture. She goes, my sloper has been transferred to cardboard, uh-huh. and I'm ready to draft in the new year. There you go. And I think I'm going to message her and, like, you know, say, can I can I use your picture? Because it's really nice. It's a good it's picture. Like it shows, yeah. it shows uh, a bodice right. with the darts and everything, right. and it's just so beautiful. And she actually takes... I believe she's taken some lessons from Lisa Comfort from So Over at London, who's really a neat lady. And uh, that's what happens when you live in London. You get to take lessons from cool people like that. Uh, so she, anyway, is a really good picture of what a sloper is. Right. Yeah. So you would keep that sloper and you would not, uh, the, the, the old, I, you know, the old rule to go by was every two years you need to remeasure. Sure. You know, and see if that sloper is still fitting you the same because things could be higher or lower or bigger or smaller, you know, um, whatever. But the sloper, once you get it drafted, it's what it is. That's and right. And you make the patterns from it. That's right. Okay. So then I'm going to make a very simple pattern from my sloper. I'm uh-huh. going to add seam allowance. Okay. Yep. I'm going to make it so that I could actually, you know, I've got this drawing on this pattern paper, right? It becomes a pattern that I can cut out my fabric and sew from. And that's the pattern. Right. So that's the pattern. Okay. Well, let's stop here for a message break before we move on to our other vocabulary terms. So we've gone over croquis. Actually, I don't know if you planned it this way, Mom, but this is pretty good way to do this so you got an idea for a garment you drew it on your croquis right that's right and then you were like well i need to make sure everything fits me right so i'm going to take all my measurements and draft a that's right sloper or you pull out the sloper you've already drafted okay and then you're like okay well i need to add uh seam allowance and and a kick pleat and this and and a pin tucks and all this stuff and i'm gonna i made my pattern and now it's time for a message break Mom, we're big thread sticklers, aren't we? Yes, thread snobs, I would call us. I wrote a blog post a couple years ago that said, don't put crappy thread in your sewing machine or your serger. And I felt really brave, but you know that I was using the word crappy online. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And um, we are very particular about our sergers as well. Absolutely. So it would only seem natural that we're particular about our serger thread. Absolutely. So we carry the Madeira Aerolock serger thread on our website. It's a two-ply polyester. It has a minimum amount of binding agent, agent, which is the glue that they hold all these fibers with. And it has a long fibered thread. So you have, you know, less glue and less fuzz going through your machine and winding up in your project. Absolutely. So it keeps your nice, expensive serger cleaner longer, keeps your project intact longer. And, And looking very pristine, might I add. Absolutely. And it comes in 48 colors. Right. So take your pick. Uh, and normally it is $599 for a 2,300-meter spool. And if you go to sewhere.com slash serger thread, you'll see all 48 colors of Madeira Aerolock serger thread. And you can use the code SURGE, S-E-R-G-E, at checkout for 20% off your purchase of Madeira Aerolock Serger Thread. So long and so happy. Sewing out loud. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? 
And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Okay, we're back from our message break. And we have drafted our pattern. That's right. Okay. So in the line of this process, right, and what happens next is we want to sew this into something. Yes, we do. And we're not sure exactly how this is going to fit, I guess. And we want to make sure it fits real nice because we bought... $60 $60 yard fabric. Okay. Okay. To make ourselves a dress. Right. A woven dress. Okay. We bought the $60 yard fabric. but we, So we just want to really make sure that our measurements and our sloper have yielded a good pattern. So we're going to cut it out of some test fabric, a.k.a. and make a, a muslin. Yes. Or you will sometimes hear it called a mock-up. A mock-up, yes. Okay. And are we going to cut it out of muslin? Well, we did in the Victorian era. Okay? <laughs> we did. We cut it out of muslin because that was an inexpensive fabric. And almost everything that was sewn then by the dressmakers was a woven fabric. Right. And you, and the other thing is it was really easy to write on, too. Yeah. So you could actually have somebody wearing their muslin and you could write on it. Uh-huh. You know? Um, so muslin, that, that's what the mock-up commonly got called was a muslin. I've also seen a word called a moulage. Well, I think that's a little different. Is it? But I have seen people use it. Well, I will, I, I'll say what I think that, you know, Okay, sure. But the muslin, and this might be its own episode, (laughs) we sort of have to hammer into people's heads a few times, uh, before they, before they get it. Your muslin is a test. It's a mock-up. I almost like the word mock-up right. a little better. Because if you're going to mock-up a T-shirt that's made out of stretchy right. fabric, you have to use stretchy fabric. Well, and that's what I was just going to say. Right. Let's talk about it's that. It's called a muslin right. because of the Victorian era. And that's when, you know, you had dressmakers and they, they, they you know, made it out of muslin. Only, only the really rich people got to have muslins, right? Right. So you know they they mocked up the dress in muslin, right? So the mock up was called a muslin. And nowadays, not all of our fabrics are woven. Not all of our fabrics are the same. They're not the same weight. They're they're all everything is so different about them. That's right. So if I'm going to mock up a t-shirt 
it might not be out of the fabric muslin. It will probably be out of a fabric that is more similar to what I'm going to make my t-shirt out of. And it really needs to be. It needs to be because I'm going to have things like negative ease. I'm not going to have darts. And uh, you know, you can't mock up a t-shirt. Right. You can't mock up an evening gown that's supposed to be made out of a very flowy silk with muslin or with a cotton fabric and expect to know exactly, exactly how it's going to how fall. that's going to fall right. or look i mean you could try for fit you know but just know that you kind of want to find a fabric that's maybe less expensive or that you can get a lot more of that's of similar hand okay similar feel and weight all right. that okay drape etc stretch or not stretch or whatever and do that you but if you make yourself a t-shirt that's supposed to be stretchy at a quilter's cotton and you try to put it on, you have no idea how that's actually well, going to Well, first of you. all, your arms will never that's get right. into the armholes You're, ever. Okay, now. think about the kind of information you want from right. this mock-up, right. okay? And uh, act accordingly. Okay, a moulage, when I look it up uh, in the dictionary, oh, actually, really? okay. the uh, traditional use for it, I guess, in English is at, um, like... Fake wounds. They're, you know, it's a mold. And so when someone applies fake uh, scars or like, like you know, Stacy does this. You're talking she goes, about makeup. Yeah, she goes out right. in the field and pretends she's been right. in a bus right. accident. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that when they when they show that her ribs right. pop and her collarbone's popping out, that's a moulage. Oh, okay? okay. Sure. So it's a mold. And so I think that this term is used a bit more in like the draping um, process where okay. you're trying to get these very artistic folds of fabric sure. and laying of fabric, and you'll see that done on a dress form a lot. Right. You know where you're right. like trying to get these pin tucks and these right. you know pretty things, and so that's where I think the moulage has has creeped in as a word. That's in sewing. Yeah, yeah, and I I I think I've seen people use it as uh, interchangeable with muslin. Yeah, and I don't I don't know that I would do that. I think right. there is a difference. Maybe, I, I think the moulage is definitely something that you're working with to see if it will work. Right, right. And maybe you're working with, you know, a, a white satin or something like that. Or you're working with a chiffon and, and pleating it and pleating it and pleating it. And then you're like, okay, well, now I know how much how many yards how I many need, yards I'm gonna need to, to right. do this. And then right, I'll make right. my final. So right. it is, in a way, a test. It is another. So it's more like a test. It's a type of mock-up or mm-hmm. a type of test. But I don't know if. If I went to my sloper, to right. my sloper traced out on paper or cardboard, drafted a pattern from it, cut it out of a muslin fabric, and put it on my body, I wouldn't call that like a moulage. Okay. Personally. So it's more like the um, end product. Yeah. It's a, it's more of a, and on I the think way, it's a little uh, more, the, the process, more detail. More design oriented versus okay. fit oriented. Yeah. But I I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't be okay. like, that's so, wrong. So we're know? using muslin and mock-up interchangeably. Yes. Okay. That we And that's going to be made out of a like fabric of what you're going to sew. Yes. Okay. And so, you know, muslin may, may find its way. I don't know. But, you know, in dressmaking, that's what we've always called it. 
and it's not confusing to me. It's not confusing until you try to type it on your phone. And then it comes and out Muslim, Muslim, you know, yeah. and I'm, it's like everyone says, so a Muslim, right. you know. Well, and the thing is, is people are no longer always making their Muslims out of I know. Muslim. So I guess right. you, could, you could say mock up instead, but Muslim right. is a very old word in, in the. Traditionally, that is what it's called. In the process of, right. of making things for yourself. Right. So um, what's our next term? Um, actually, pattern. Pattern. Okay. And I we've almost like, you know talked about that because the pattern is exactly you know what you're going to lay on your fabric and what you're going to cut and what you're going to sew together to get your end product yeah so all of the seam allowances are there the allowances for um you know darting or shaping have been put into it if it's shortened or lengthened if it's a short sleeve a long sleeve no sleeve, you know, all those things have been decided by the time you get to your pattern. And your pattern is something you've drafted from a sloper right. or it's something you've purchased. Could right? be a purchase pattern, right. yes. Now, I will say, I do know of some patterns that don't have seam allowance included. Uh, right. And you know, so a, just a lot of the, FYI, a lo- well, and a lot of those are not <laughs> domestic to the United States. That's right. They seem to be European. Um, European. No. Berta for a long time did not have. Seam allowances. Seam allowances on their um, packaged patterns. Yeah. You know, they, they published, they had a publication where they, in Europe, it was published with the patterns in the magazine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was their Americanization was putting them in an envelope. Right. And so right. you would have to trace the pattern, right. et cetera. And right. uh, tracing your pattern, I just published a blog post about right. this. We've already talked about it on a podcast. Uh-huh. Apparently, we interrupted Sewing Steve's process. He was just going to cut out his shirt pattern that uh-huh. he was about to make. And then he goes, oh, no, I need yeah. tracing paper. You know, right. so uh, tracing your your pattern that you have in that envelope, the thing in the envelope might not be what you end up actually putting right. on the fabric. You might trace it out first. That's also a pattern, okay, right. that you right. traced out, you know. And and one reason you might do that, especially tracing that pattern, is if it's a multi-size pattern and you know that your hips are a 14, you know, and your bust is a 16, you are going to try and blend lines or if you want to use if you want to use those length and shorten lines, right? I always think it's nice to just trace the whole thing out. That's right. And then either cut it and expand, or fold it up and reblend. That's right. I mean. I don't know if that's the way you, you I know, tra- do it, I but tra- I, I generally trace things. Yeah, of course, yeah. you know, a lot of times I don't use a pattern at all. Yeah. But um, <laughs> sometimes I just cut and sew. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think everybody probably knows what a pattern is. Right, right. Is there you anything know, else on your, your list? But your sloper is not a pattern. That's right. Your sloper is not that's a pattern. Right. The other thing I have on the, on the list, because it has to do with this process, is based. Okay, and it's not like basting a turkey. When you baste, it is a long stitch. And there is basting on your sewing machine. And there is basting by hand. And what you need to know is basting is used to hold something temporarily. Right. Temporary stitching. And the basting stitch, is it's expected that it is going to be taken out. Right. And it won't show where it had been. That's right. So okay. a lot of times when you're sewing your muslin together, you are using basting stitches or a longer stitch because oftentimes that muslin's going to have to be altered. Right. And you want to be able to take it out. And here's a hint, everybody. When you're sewing up your muslin or your mock-up, use one color of one color of thread in the top and a different color on the bottom because how you remove stitches, whether they're basted in or 
you think they're supposed to be permanent, <laughs> is you pull the bobbin thread. Right. When you pull the top thread, that is the lock thread. So if you pull the top thread, it just locks it harder. So that that's my one tip. I just, you know, always use a different color if I know I'm going to baste. Perfect. Now, if I baste by hand. You're only, yeah, you're not doing I'm using thread one yet. thread. And, you know, I can generally also take bigger stitches. Right. You know, I can take big, huge stitches if I want to. Right. Um, and sometimes you're, you'll use a basting by hand to hold something down until you get to it. Nowadays, we do have a lot of other products that'll do that. Yeah. You know, two-sided sticky tapes that wash away, um, spray adhesives, things like that, where we can kind of get by and not hand base so much. Right. And then, Mallory, what does a tailor tack do, and what is it? <clears throat> I didn't know this was going to be in this episode. A tailor tack is a way of, I just can't. it's Is it like a thumb tack, Mallory? No, no, it's not. Uh, but I am just thinking about how a lot of these products have come out in order to reduce the use of tailor tacking That's and basting. Right. All these adhesives, all these right. marking pens. Right. So tailor tacking is actually making marks on your pattern using needle and thread. Right. Okay. So you can uh, actually sew, you know, when you're trying to mark a dart or something like that, you can actually make these big, loose, loopy stitches right. through your pattern paper and your fabric. You lift the pattern paper up gently. You clip the threads, and you have these threads there, and they won't wash away. They won't go away with time, right. like your, you know, air-soluble markers or something like that. It, you've placed a tailor tack. And now uh, there is a foot for your sewing machine called the tailor tack right. or the fringe foot. And what it has is you do a zigzag with this foot, and it has this big blade you in the middle. You basically do a standing satin stitch. Yeah, so it Z has this big blade up in the middle. It backward, right. Okay, it has this blade in the middle of the foot mm -hmm. where you do a zigzag. Uh, your needle goes up and over from side to side, and it has this blade in the middle, and it keeps the threads really nice and long. Right. So it almost looks like fringe as it's going through your machine, and you are sewing over your pattern and your fabric at the same time, and you've made those tailor tacks. Or you can, you know, use that foot for decorative purposes. Right. So tailor tacks, I've um, never wanted to do them in my life. Until recently, when I'm like, you know, just be nice to have like a really permanent, not a permanent, like a really. Well, if, you know, if you use a marking pencil. Right. It can go away. Even right. Even when they, you know, there's usually two kind. There's like the air soluble and the water soluble. Well, guess what's in the air? There's water in the air. So That's if you right. leave it too long, mm -hmm. it will go away too. So just keep that in mind. Uh, we, we should probably do a video on tailor tacking. That'd be a good idea. I don't use it a lot, but there are some times when I'm sewing and I'm like, oh, it would well, just be better to have thread here to mark I just this. think it's good for everybody to know the term, too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so they won't, you know, be looking around for a thumbtack and a hammer and think they're, you know. But a tailor tack is, you know, you have tacked these couple of layers of things together with threads. Well, if you have a funny sewing term that you would like to find, or if you take issue with one of our definitions of these terms, let us know. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, at ZD Sewing Studio. Uh, I'm on there as the Self-Sewn Wardrobe, and we have a fun group online now called the Self-Sewn Wardrobe with Mallory Donahue, and it's a good time. And ZD and I will talk to you there. So ZD, you want to wrap it up for us? So long and so happy. 
Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SewHere.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh,